stepping back and stroking to Bogdanovich, thinking about a three. There it is. Yes! See it again. No double team help, and Embiid takes it right to the rack. The man in that intro video was actually the really the the one bright light on a on a day full of uh, I guess frustration for fans. Disappointment is 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 a fair way of putting it. Um, what's going on, everybody? Austin Krell back with you. The new episode of the Feed to Embiid on this fr- fine Sunday evening um, after the game one loss to the Atlanta Hawks in the second round. Um, I have my my good pal who has been so kind as to dress up nicely for this podcast. Um, Kai Carlin covers the Sixers for Sixers Wire of USA Today. Kai, how are we? I'm all, I'm all right, man. Uh, I just walked in through the door after a uh, tough game one loss, as you just mentioned. Uh, just just walked in through the door, and now I'm hopping in this podcast with, with my guy, man. Hopping on. That's right. I don't look as good as you do. Um, so, you know, like, like what I'm thinking here is I have an appearance on an, uh, a Pakistani news TV show tomorrow morning. It's at seven o'clock. So I'm thinking I'm going to shower that. So I'm just not going to I'm not going to waste water tonight. I'm going to shower in the morning and then hop on there and, uh, you know, it was, take care of it there. So my hair is a mess. Uh, and you know, so, so, but you look, you, you look way better than I do right now. So I always appreciate when my guests one up me. It's fan, It's tremendous. It shows that I am just a scrub unprepared for my own show. No, nah, um, you're never a scrub, bro. You are definitely never a scrub. That's right. Um, anyway, Sixers lose game one of the series to the Atlanta Hawks on, uh, what is today? Today is Sunday. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's Sunday. I know. Shit. Hey, man. Um, I don't think you can take the Lord's name in vain on a Sunday. <laughs> fair, fair. Fair. Um, they go to they, they they open up the game and it was like close through the first six minutes, um, and then Atlanta really just sort of, you know, had the edge and the Sixers were reeling from there. Right. Um, I, I I guess. The, the thing uh, that we'll start here with is um, Joel start, start the game. He looked, I thought, um, put it this way. I thought he looked like he was, like, like you wouldn't have been able to tell he had a torn meniscus, um, you know, if, if you, if, if you hadn't known about it beforehand, because he was his usual self. He was, uh, you know, landing, he was going up strong, um, and he, he didn't look really bothered by it. Yeah, I mean, 39 points, nine rebounds. They were – just the thing is they got off to such a tough, tough start that nobody's even going to remember that Joel had 39 and nine. Everybody's just going to remember the fact that game one at home, Joel rings the bell with Triple H, and, and, and the two of them are doing, you know, the, 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 you know, the X and the celebration thing like before the game, the crowd is hyped. 
But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the game started and you're down by 26. And all of a sudden, the Sixers look like a bunch of jackasses for bringing out, you know, <laughs> Triple H and hyping the crowd up. And they're down by 26. You know what I'm saying? They look like a bunch of jackasses. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I mean, like, just, it was a tough start. Um, I don't, I don't, they weren't ready for Trey Young. They weren't ready for Bogdan Bogdanovich and then a bunch of shooters that the, that the Hawks have around Trey Young. Uh, the bench lineup was an absolute disaster. Um, and but I mean now now just you got to go back to the drawing board now and get ready for game two. Yeah, um, the all bench unit was was gross. Um, <laughs> to just just to, to say to put it nicely to put it nicely. Um, <clears throat> I suspected that Danny Graham would start the game on um, Trey, uh, and the reason I suspected that was because he actually did an okay job. The um, in the regular season, yeah, like and and. Really, you can't. You 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 really can't like take anything from those regular season games because they were either team was shorthanded. Like the Hawks were shorthanded in the latter two games when the Sixers blitzed them, and then the Sixers had everybody out in the first game because of COVID. So it wasn't really a good barometer. But I thought, generally speaking, when I went back and rewatched the third game of the season, I thought Danny did fine. However, the Hawks were playing. Uh, Tony Snell, Solomon Hill. They didn't have DeAndre Hunter. They didn't have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, and so those are seismic pieces that the Hawks, you know, didn't have in the rotations back then. And so maybe the Sixers moved a little closer to the lanes, cut off those driving angles, and suddenly Trey Young kind of felt maybe a little bit trapped in those games. And that kind of made Danny Green look a little better. Uh, but in this game, it was, it was, it was a deer in headlights. Danny really had no chance against Trey. Um, and it was, it, it killed them in the first quarter and they never really looked back from that. Um, now with the all bench lineups, we'll, we'll go, uh, we'll go with that first. Those all bench lineups. They, 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 they go, they go Tyrese, they go George, they go Matisse, they go, I think, was it Ferk? Yeah, they went Ferk and then Dwight. 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 Um, so, We've seen it inconsistently all year long. This team, this team has been a very up and down with those all bench units. Really, more down than up uh, by a you know by a pretty heavy margin, I would say. And so, the fact that Doc still leaned into it, um, I guess I suspected because he hasn't adjusted away from it, and he doesn't he doesn't like make these changing the wheel adjustments, you know, uh, that deviate from what he usually does. So I wasn't too surprised by it. But I just kind of felt like, okay, it's been a couple possessions. They clearly can't hang. Let's make some changes here and, and get these starters back in before this game is out of hand. But, no, he, he kept going with it. Um, they're down 15. They are down 27 after the bench, all bench unit departs. So Doc really didn't do a good job of adjusting to the circumstances of that game. Uh, and I thought the first sign of that was – was the all bench unit? Yeah, and um, to your point about the all bench unit, um, according to Stat News, the Sixers all bench lineup between the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter got outscored ten nothing. Uh, they missed th- all three of their shots and they had five turnovers, and uh, they were out. And like I said, they were outscored ten to zip. So I know Doc went to the all bench lineup with forty two point nine seconds left in the first quarter. He ran with it until the ten oh eight mark of the second, and that's when he put Tobias Harris back in for Matisse Thybul. 
And even then, Austin, they did not score their first bucket of the second quarter until there was like 7.42 left. Tobias, yeah. Tobias had like a layup. So all of a sudden, they went from being down, I think it was 10, to, yeah, to being down 20, like in a flash. Yeah, like with, with that bench unit. And then Doc went back to Tobias. And then obviously Atlanta built their lead a little bit more. <clears throat> so the Sixers, honestly, and I think Seth Curry even said it afterwards. Seth Curry said, at the end of the first quarter, we were right there. They were shooting the heck out of the ball. We were scoring the ball pretty well. We didn't turn it over. I think at the end of the first, early second, that's where we lost the game. Like that, that that's where Seth, that's what Seth Curry said. And um, I don't think he was trying to throw shade at the second unit, but unfortunately those are the minutes where the second unit was out there. So the, yeah, the, second, I, the second unit really was just awful. I don't think you yeah, can even throw shade at the second unit because they are who they are. I mean, they're, they're, it isn't like you're, you paid guys on big deals to come in and be great second unit guys. These are the pieces they have. They're getting they're 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 in the roles and the sa- and like the salaries they're at for a reason because they're they they're not that great. And it's up to Doc to put them in the right spots. And I felt like he didn't do that at all today. Um, now, another I felt like generally overall, the Sixers did not take advantage of opportunities they had in this game not even from like a, a shot making or like cutting the like you know cutting off the, the the blood supply before you know they bled out um but you don't have deandre hunter in this game deandre hunter is good if he's healthy is going to be a factor in the series yes, so, he is. so you could have really you know done some damage against a team that had to go a little smaller had to play solomon hill or uh, Tony Snell minutes that they usually wouldn't have had. Um, and additionally, Anyeka Okongwu only played like 12 minutes. I think he had like two points or whatever. But Clint Capella in the starting unit only had like 10 points, 11 boards, which is for him somewhat of a below standard game. So the Hawks weren't overly dominant on the glass tonight. I felt like they – the Sixers just didn't capitalize on on those weak points because we saw it in the in the Washington series with 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 Daniel Gafford. I mean, the whole reason like Daniel Gafford was a beast was because the Sixers were missing rotations under the rim on dribble penetration and leaving and leaving the weak side open for him to come in and get offensive boards. And I felt like the Sixers did a, a fine job of boxing out today for the most part. That weren't like these uh, random, you know, unaccounted for offensive rebounds, but they didn't take advantage of the fact that they were able to mitigate those issues. And, you know, in a game where you control, where you can sort of mitigate the damage on the glass to lose that game is painful because they're going to be games where Capella has 15 rebounds. This yep. Season. Cause Clint Capella is a good rebounder. He's, he was the best in the league this season and he was the best on the offensive glass too. So mm-hmm. the fact that he only had 10 boards in this game total is brutal that you lost this game. Um, you know that that that's the case there. Now, Danny Green obviously uh, can't hang with 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 Trey. No, your first your first adjustment is probably what switching him onto Bogdanovich and and putting Ben on Trey. I don't know if you can do that though because Austin, I know I know you and I have actually talked about this before because Doc always says he doesn't do that with Danny because he doesn't like Danny chasing shooters. So, but I mean, and Bogdan's not a guy who's. He was necessarily going to keep running off screens, like uh, for example, Duncan Robinson down in Miami. But Bogdan's more of like a spot up guy, and he's not more of a guy who's going to come off screens and stuff like that. But I mean, 
let's just say the Hawks even noticed that, and then they begin to kind of run him off screens too. So I don't know if you can even I don't know if you can even do that. But you might have to do it out of necessity because Ben is probably the only guy in the starting lineup that you would trust to guard Trey Young. He's really the only one. And but even then, even then, Austin Ben struggles with those quicker, smaller, shifty point guards. Um, he struggled with Kemba Walker before before Kemba, you know, turned into the shell of himself, you know. Uh, but like when Kemba was in Charlotte, he always cooked Ben. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a guy who always cooked Ben. Uh, Trey Young, even um, even in the past, his rookie year, his second year, Trey Young had a lot of success against Ben. Um, and now, in the second half of today's game, Trey Young did shoot three for ten from the floor. Yeah. Compared to eight for thirteen in the first half. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, um, you know, Doc did put Ben on Trey and, and, you know, maybe there's a correlation between the two of them there. But I'm not really sure if you can really put Ben there long term, Austin, because of the fact that Ben might pick up a lot of quick fouls early. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think there's a ton you can do in terms of like off ball switching, like. Let's say let's 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 simulate the scenario where Danny Green is is guarding Bogdanovich, and um, you know, Clint Capella is setting a screen, or or whomever is setting a John Collins setting a screen. If you switch that, then you're going to have Tobias on this on Bogdanovich, which I mean, I guess for a possession here or there is something you can you can live with, but you can't you can you can't then live with the switch of having. Uh, Danny Green on 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 John Collins, he'll, he'll get killed. Um, you can't live with Joel Embiid with a torn meniscus trying to stay in front of Bogdanovich. You'll get killed. He'll get killed. Someone will get killed. Um, so it's kind of like you know you, you, you're ultimately you're gonna have to live with Ben fighting through screens, um, hedging a little bit. I, I wrote this in my in my preview, but you can't switch this series because I think it I think it just puts like a ton of pressure on Embiid on the perimeter. And the last thing you want is to have him be ultra shifty um, on, you know, on, on the perimeter with that knee. You want to mitigate and, and sort of reduce the amount of movement and change of direction and change of pace that he has to put on that knee. There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of shock there. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think the, the, the scheme has to be Ben on Trey no matter what. And, you know, if, if they're running and pick and rolls, you're going to have to hard hedge that or show high and then get back to the rim. You're going to have to ice the coverage a little bit where you basically funnel him, funnel him to the baseline side. There's anything to keep young out of the middle of the floor is kind of what you have to do. And it felt like this, it felt like in this game, young got whatever he wanted. Uh, Damon Green eventually just couldn't get, get around screens. He was pulling up and knocking threes down. Um, he was creating off the dribble, and Doc is like said, like over and over again, we want we want guys to take contested twos. We don't want threes. We don't want got shots at the rim. And Trey was getting whatever he wanted, um, you know, throughout the game. Yeah, like that. Like that's always been the big thing. And then, then in the second half, they did like a much better job, obviously, because Trey Young shot three for ten. I think Bogdanovich shot three for twelve. Uh, the only thing is Bogdanovich hit the biggest shot of the game with that late three-pointer when Philadelphia was m- making their run. Um, I'll be honest with you, Austin, I didn't think that shot was going in. Like, I I, I, I was I was like, yeah, there's no way that shot's going in. What shot? Uh, the Bogdanovich shot late. Oh, wow. 
Now, well, and, you know, it had the arc on it, so I was like, oh, that, that, that feels like it's going to go in. And he nailed it. But. I mean, listen, it was a huge shot because, like I said, Philadelphia got back to within three. Yeah. And, you know, the and then also, can we just – the Hawks did not handle the Sixers' uh, full-court press nah. very well. They handled Doc it. Was, Doc was very happy to gamble on their youth coming out, and he yeah. 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 And I mean, listen, and that's why I think the Sixers still win this series, just for the simple fact that, like, you know, um, think about it. Atlanta made 23 pointers today. They made 23s. Philadelphia had four more turnovers. Um, I think the Hawks, um, there was like another stat that stood out, something about free throws. And yet they only won by four points. You know what I'm saying? The Sixers were right there. The thing is, though, you need to, like, they did, they just really need to come out with the right intensity. They looked flat, they looked like they didn't care. Um, they, they look, honestly, Austin, it looked like they were just going to kind of walk into this series and come away with a win. Like, no, the Sixers, like, 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 that's what it, that's what it looked like. That game one, they come out and just, it looked like, oh, we're the number one seed. We have Joel Embiid. We have Ben Simmons. We're coming away with a win. Like that, that's what, that's what it felt like. But at the end of the day, they also need to realize that, you know, the Hawks are not a bad team. They are going to fight you to the end. And I think this was made, today was maybe a, uh, something of a wake-up call for them. And, uh, you know, they'll just have to come out and bounce back in game two. It's kind of that simple. Yeah. I um, I kind of think they were, like, more concerned and preoccupied about Embiid, um, his status, than they were, like, in preparation for the game. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not in the building, so I, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, it just kind of felt like – the Sixers were in a lot of ways unprepared, not for just like what Atlanta went with, but like how to adjust and counter what they went with, which I think is the most damning part of all. Um, yeah, agreed. But, you know, it, it, the, the, the thing that would kind of worry me, and I still do think the Sixers will ultimately win the series because they're, they have more experience. I think they're a little bit deeper than Atlanta yeah. is. Atlanta's a, really, Atlanta's a really good team. They, whole, the only reason they're not better than a four seed was because, you know, uh, they, they started out 14 and 20. If they had Nate McMillan for a whole campaign, I think they'd be a better team. They'd be a higher hey, team. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would say the Sixers are deeper than the Hawks, just because if you look at Atlanta's depth, when they, who they can come up with off the bench, Danilo Gallinari should probably be starting for a lot of teams. Fair, um, fair. Then Lou Williams, who is the best six man to ever play the game of basketball. And then there's Kevin Herter who was their starter for the past couple of years until they got Bogdanovich. And not, so, Did I say they were deeper? Yeah, yeah, you said the Sixers were deeper. I meant, said, they, were, I meant to say they were older, but yes, you're right. They are deeper. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I you're, wanted to clarify. You're 100% right. The, the Sixers are, are really really not that deep at all, but yet the fact that they're deeper than they were in previous years kind of tells you how bad the depth was in previous years. No, uh, for sure. Here, but you know, you know one thing that stood out to me, though, Austin, real quick before we move on, Dwight Howard looked very old today. Yeah, he did. Like Dwight Howard looked like youth or not youth, father time caught up to him very quickly today. And I noticed it in the Wizards series. In the one loss in that series in game four, he could not keep up with Daniel Gafford. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Gafford outquicked him. Gafford was obviously more athletic. And, and listen, that's to be expected. Dwight's 35. Yeah. But yeah. just, you know, at, at, and then in a series like this one with Atlanta between Capella, uh, the rookie Onyeka Okongwu, and John Collins as well. Um, though Dwight looked very old, and he looked very old very quickly. So I, I don't know if that's an area of concern just yet, but it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, let me tell you that, my friends, at King Cobra. The, the King Cobra 
Um, do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning. Hold on there a second. Also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, you can check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the code, trust the Cobra Time, all caps, all one word. Pick it up at yours today. So... I'm looking at the box score from the bench for Atlanta here. Gallinari has, had nine points. Her, uh, Will, Lou Will had eight points. Okongwu had two. Tony, Smell, Tony, Tony Snell only played four minutes, but didn't do anything. Um, Herter had 15. So, again, there's another thing that you, you failed to capitalize on that they had a down bench game from a team that can lay, that, that has the pieces on the bench to pose problems. They only scored uh, 24, 32, 34 points off the bench tonight. And, you know, the Sixers couldn't pull that game out. Um, so, you know, that, that's another failed opportunity there. But Kevin Herter, I thought, made a lot of big plays, big shots in this game. And I thought that kind of was like emblematic of not just the game as a whole and the failed opportunities, but – the fact that like the Sixers really did not do a good job at defending the three-point arc in this game, Atlanta no. made twenty of forty-seven threes, um, and like Atlanta for the season was a was a was a pretty good three-point shooting team. It averaged I think like eleven made threes per game on like twenty-something attempts, um, and in the playoffs I think they've upped that to fourteen made threes a game. So they're going to make their threes. They're they're going to get them. Right. Is it? But, right. but there's a big difference between fourteen and twenty. Twenty is is a slaughterhouse. You you, you can't you can't you. They can't be giving up 23s, um, and a lot of them were open. Like Kevin Herter hit a lot of back-breaking open threes, and I thought that was really just killer for the Sixers um, in this game. A lot of it was like they're trapping, they're trapping, they're trapping. They're they're they're, they're making rotations over to, um, to 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 close out on Young, and then he swings it, and then they're they're recovering back extra pass to the skip to the to the weak side. And then it's and then it, he then like it's like Adonovich waiting waiting for the guy to come and then he kicks it over in the corner to Herder who has a wide open look. So I thought it was a lot of extra passes, ball movement, and just the Sixers reeling out of their rotations. And I thought that was just killer for the Sixers tonight. But th- they're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to take away those threes a little bit, chase guys off the line. Um, and you know that, that's one of the many areas of, of 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 need for the Sixers in this game. Um, now. Let's go over to Ben Simmons. <laughs> Three of ten from the free throw line in this game. My uh, favorite subject. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, like it's like, and again, like you know, you know how much I, I, I see the good in Ben Simmons, but like, it's been a dramatic fall, like where he's not even breaking fifty percent from the line. Yeah. It's really bad, and and I, and I mean like like listen, fifty three point three percent from the free throw line after the All Star break. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying, like 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 that's just that like that's not going to get the job done. Fifty three point three percent from the free throw line after the All Star break for the final rec- uh, stretch of the regular season. Then um, I, I believe off the top of my head in the series with Washington, he shot ten for twenty eight from the free throw line. I, I, um, uh, his best series was that best game was game five when he shot five for eight and, you know, got the wizards to stop with the hack of Ben stuff. Um, but I mean, like the fact that Ben Simmons is shooting this poorly from the free throw line, he is your point guard. 
You know what I'm saying? That, that's your point guard. And from five for 28 or 10 for 28 in the series against Washington to combine that today with Atlanta, that's now 13 for 38 from the free throw line in, in these playoffs. And like, man, like that is not going to get it done. You are the point guard of this team. They're going to hit you with the hack of Ben. Um, you have got to be able to step up and hit free throws. And everybody knows that I'm a huge Ben Simmons guy. I think he's a top 20 player. You can make a case for top 15, and I don't think I'll be. I don't oh, think I'll he be dropped a little bit. You were you were adamant top 15. Now it's top 20. He's top 20 now. He, he's jumping a little bit. Still top top 20. Still very good. Yeah. But definitely, bet Austin. He's jumping a little bit. Um, but listen, like like he's he's an elite defender. Obviously, he he does a great job creating shots. And and Doc Doc has a good point every time. Um. You know, Ben does a lot of good things for this team, but we can't just sit here and, and ignore and ignore his free throw shoot. We just can't. Yeah, yeah. the hack of Ben's going to be a problem um, until he figures that out. And I think that just like I'm kind of surprised that his touch is as off as it is. Like it isn't like he is getting those un just like this unlucky swirlies where they go around and around and pop out. He's missing them well short well long or you know whatever there's no there's like zero touch right now from the free throw line for ben and it isn't something that's going to get better by us talking about it more so i kind of like almost want to say like we're only we're only making it worse um you know like like but at the the same time it, it it's not the fan's fault that this is happening this is not about this is not about you know any of uh, anyone else but Ben Simmons just locking in and getting out of his own head. Um, I was talking to Paul Hudrick and Jason about this on my, on my on my last pod, and they both kind of thought that the Washington thing that happened two years ago when he was a rookie, um, yeah, they didn't think that was at play. But I, I I just have a hard time believing that this guy doesn't get fouled intentionally and automatically think back to that to that instance where that happened. Um, I just find it hard to believe that 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 he I mean, he's a human, he's a human, and and you, and those are mental hurdles to get over for 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 humans. Um, and I mean, if that if it isn't that, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the guy just is not close with these free throw attempts right now. Well, uh, I think I think free throws are just kind of what you just mentioned, also. I think all of it's mental. Like if you if you step into the line, man, like you got you've either got 30 or in this case pandemic year 15 16 17,000 people screaming at you you know at the free throw line even the fans here um i mean obviously i was at the game and uh there was there was a fan in front of the media section who cursed ben out after every single free throw that he missed and you know like the, the fan base is frustrated and and listen they have a right to be so like i mean think about it austin they lost by four and ben missed seven free throws I, I, see, I can't do that. I, I can't subscribe to that theory because I can like, okay, but they gave up twenty threes. Like, like no, they're for throwing, sure, for sure. Ben's free throw shooting is not why they lost this game. Yeah. I'm not I, like I, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to like make that a thing. What I'm saying is though, um, the fact that he shot three for ten in a game where you know they lost by four, and I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta only missed like two free throws as a team or three free throws or something really crazy like that. They were really great from the line and Ben missed seven by himself. Just, yeah. I don't know. Like, like just for me, it's, it's like, come on, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, Matisse Thibel, what do you, what do you do in terms of adjusting 
like that starting unit. I, I like I kind of have half a mind to start Thibel because I think he works better with that unit. But I also think like I don't think you can. Scott's not going to make any changes, and you can't start him with Ben. You really can't start him. Yeah. With ben. There was one look early in the game today where where Thibel had a wide open three, thought about it, and completely just passed out of it. And I, and I was uh, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you guys nope. um, and he made a couple threes today, so credit to him. But just overall. I think this is. I think the wing play is going to make this a, a much harder series for Philly than the fans anticipate. Um, and so now they, you know, they 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 go to Atlanta. They they have game two now. Um, <clears throat> they go to Atlanta for game three four. Atlanta has still won the home court advantage. Yep. And it's kind of problematic. I mean, you know, they they now have the pressure of of the, game two is a must win game. You have to win game two. Um, and yeah, all- yeah, I mean, <laughs> they definitely they definitely can't go to Atlanta down 0-2. Because, I mean, God forbid they do. That, those will be the last two games of the year. <laughs> like- well, I mean, they would probably win one in Atlanta if that happened. But, I mean, Maybe. They, probably, they would win game three. Game four, Atlanta would probably win that. I mean, they, they could easily go and just put it together and, and win two, and then they're – it's back. It's tied again. It's best and this is what I'm saying. And like, this is why, like, I still think the Sixers win this series. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, you and I were just talking about it earlier. I think Philadelphia has obviously more experience. They've got championship proven veterans in Green and Howard. Um, you and then obviously you have Joel and Ben, who you know they have obviously failed in the second round, uh, the previous two times, 2018 uh, to Boston, 2019 to Toronto. So now they have a chance here in 2021 with Atlanta, and and, and it's like okay. I feel like that's going to pop up in their mind at some point. Like maybe they're going to have a heart to heart or something and be like, dude, like we can't fail again. Cause think about it. Awesome. If this team loses to the Atlanta Hawks, the trading, they're trading ben. yeah, they're trading Ben. Yeah. yeah. There's no, because you know, it's not going to be Joel. You know, it's not going to be Joel. Ben's out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like if they lose this series to the Hawks, heads will roll. Which uh, I mean, certain fans would 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 rather tank the series, and 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 if it means trading uh, Ben for Damian Lillard, I mean I'm not going to name names here, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, now, this is a funny comment. John Rinkus says, "Yo, trip. I thought dude uh, on the left was sports talk with Broads who gained a few lbs. Ha ha ha. I can't. I don't know who is." On the left for the viewer's screen, but I'm on the left on my screen. So I can only assume it's me. And I know who Rhodes is. I don't know what he looks like, so I can't comment on that. But you wouldn't be wrong. I probably am a little bit on the, the, the plumper side than than, than than Broads, that's for sure. Damn. You hate to see it. You do hate to see it. You do it to see it. Um, I thought Furkan Korkmaz provided a little bit of a lift in his <laughs> <laughs> Austin, <laughs> you don't think no. so? No. Okay. Uh, I know he hit that one three in the fourth, like when the Sixers were, you know, making that furious comeback attempt. And it's like, okay, cool. But I mean, he was a huge part of that of the reason why the bench unit got outscored ten zip um, in, in in the first half. Like yeah. again, I, I just I am not a furcon guy, man. I'm just not. I'm just not. And, and, and here's why. Like, if, he, if he's not making his three-pointers, then you can't play him. You can't play him. Okay. In the first half, in the first half, he missed his one three-pointer. He had a turnover, and he was a minus 15. 
in the first half. Not great. So, but. Uh, but it's not his fault he's deployed with the all bench unit. I think he's that effective. That was in four minutes. He did that in four minutes. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> he did that in four minutes. He was on minus 15. That's really minutes. bad. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, uh, okay, fourth quarter only, Korkmaz, he shot – he had a really good fourth. He shot three for four, knocked down a triple. Um, he had two rebounds and he was a plus two. So okay, a solid fourth quarter. Solid. And who was he playing with? He was playing um, with regular guys. Well, in the fourth quarter, I mean, look, you, uh, in you the fourth quarter, um, we got four twenty-eight out of Ferk. Matisse played seven forty-six. Ben played all twelve minutes. Joel played eight twenty-three. Seth played eight minutes. Danny Green only played four minutes. Tobias played five. And then you got two minutes each out of Tyrese and Dwight and three out of George. Yeah. So, yeah. and then Shake Milton randomly got 38 seconds. Yeah. That was. He is so lost. He is so, so, so lost right now. I don't get it at all. I mean, the clever one's right. I feel so bad for Shake. I don't understand what's going on with him. Um, he looks like he has zero confidence. But the thing about shake that like kind of annoys me i guess to an extent is like he always has the body language of like he's always arguing with i feel like he's always arguing with refs um you know and i i, I just kind of feel like let, stop focusing around the whistles and focus on what you're doing right um, and I, I feel like just lately the shots aren't falling. His body language has been, has been poor. He's slumped down every time. And it just it's like he can't he can't play without committing a turnover right now. He can't play without committing a turnover. He's committing fouls, missing shots. Um, and I guess like it's kind of a it's in some sense it's kind of like a blessing in that like they've 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 unearthed Tyrese Maxey and and he's going to be a really good basketball player. Um, for this team, it, whether it be this season or, or in, in the future, he'll he'll be there. He'll be good. Um, now, we go to the second half, and it was just kind of more of the same. And I had to ask Doc about this because I was I was very perplexed because he Doc said like, oh, we, oh, we gotta show him different matchups. We gotta show him different looks and defenses. Yet he goes back to Danny Green for for significant portions of the second half, and so. I, what do you think he was trying to get out of that? I don't know. Because, like, I mean, to be fair, he did start Ben on Trey Young in the second half. Yeah. But then Ben picked up two quick fouls. So it was like, what other choice he really had? You, you, yeah. you got to go back to Danny. Because, also, you're not going to put Seth on him. You know, like, you're not going to put Seth on Trey Young. So, and you're not going to put. Know. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to put Tobias on him either. So, so it's like the only two real options you have in that starting unit are Ben Simmons and Danny Green. Those are really the only two options you have. I think you got to just insert Dan Burke into the game. I like it. I like it. Just put Dan Burke in there and, like, let him go to let, work. Let the mastermind operate. Let him go to work. Uh, that's exactly right. I, what, what do you think about Tyrese Maxey on, on him? I, I, this is my theory. I think Trey Young's – I almost said Trey Burke. Imagine if Trey Burke was doing this the Sixers. That would be funny. Trey uh, Burke. Yeah, wow. Um, with Trey Young, his low center of gravity, I think, poses a bigger issue than people realize because 
when you're when you have a low center of gravity like that, it's harder for high waisted guys like Danny Green, like Ben Simmons, like Matisse Thibel to defend you. And right. So a guy like Tyrese is is lower to the ground, speedy, young, fresh legs. I yep. think I mean he 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 put together a decent possession on Trey Burke on Trey. Here we go, Trey Young, down the stretch of of this game when he had got minutes in the fourth quarter. So I actually like the idea of 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 um, Tyrese Maxey on him, and I think Atlanta has a little bit more athleticism than 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 Washington did. So he's not going to get the looks that he had at the rim, but I think he generally has the foot speed and the ability to sort of navigate and circum and circumnavigate the you know the middle of the floor and get around guys yeah i don't know if you can really put tyrese in there because i thought tyrese looked a little overmatched today um just a little bit and and and, you know like like, listen that's to be expected i mean this kid's a 20 year old rookie you know uh, and he really wasn't even and he wasn't in the rotation consistently at least until the playoffs um i know shake was always that first guy doc went to and then obviously shake has absolutely had a miserable postseason and tyrese has kind of taken over his spot so I feel like just it's a lot to ask of a 20-year-old rookie in the second round of the NBA playoffs where things are beginning to get back to normal, where there are a bunch of fans and, and the crowds are getting loud and rowdy again, where it's taken huge, we're taking a lot of steps back towards normalcy. So Tyrese is now kind of really beginning to experience what a normal NBA season's kind of like. So I feel like it's a lot to ask right now Fair. of a 20-year-old kid to come in here and perform against a pretty damn good Atlanta Hawks team. Also, Nate McMillan as a coach, uh, I feel like McMillan did a really good job of adjusting. I like McMillan. I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I think he's a great coach too. I mean, the Indiana Pacers absolutely screwed the pooch by, you know, letting, you know, McMillan go. (laughs) Um, You know why? Because I was watching Spider-Man Homecoming, and then that's what what Tony Stark says to uh, Peter Parker. Screw the pooch, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tony Stark comes out. And he goes in the latest episode of Peter Screws the Pooch. So, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's what popped in my mind. And, and you know, I got I got to be honest. I got to give Trey Young credit. I had him pegged as an easy bust coming out of uh, out of Oklahoma. What? I thought he was going to be a bust. I thought there was no way he's going to be able to, to to like get around NBA defenses. But I was way wrong. He is a star. Honestly, from the 2018 draft, like. That 2018 draft up and down, I couldn't really peg a bust. Because I'm because because you just you knew Luca was going to be an animal, you, and then like you knew Trey Young was well at least I knew I knew Trey Young was going to come in here and, and you know be a, an absolute scorer. I mean the 2018 draft was solid. Yeah. Um. You know, truthfully, I had a thing against drafting like non-U.S. players. Um, Why? In, in the top 10 because I feel like there wasn't enough like footage and like, and like, and like exposure to, to, to top collegiate talent to really give a, like, a good assessment. And I thought it was kind of a risk, but Luca, I'd say like they, the Hawks made that trade. They still got a star and they still lost the trade. Like <laughs> Luca is that good. He I don't know. If, they didn't lose that trade. It's the most even trade ever. What do you mean? Luca is a top five player in the league right now. Yes, Luca is a top five player. Hey, Trey Young is not. I mean, Trey Young's not a top five player. But I mean, it's not like Trey Young is like Trey Young's an all star. Like Trey Young is, is, is he's would you say Trey Young's in the top twenty or top twenty five? I don't even know. 
I would probably go top 25. Like, listen, if you're in the top 25 in the NBA with the amount of talent that's in this league right now, you're Hi. still a damn good Hi. player. Hi. We're talking 20, top 25. Versus top five. I know. I get five. it. <laughs> and, I get and it. Like, I know. I, sound, I know. Listen, I sound stupid right now. I get it. But, no, you but I'm just I'm like, I'm like, I don't see the point. Like, I, I just kind of feel like if, 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 if you put Luca in Atlanta, they're probably the one seed right now. All right, so I'm looking at the top five from the 2018 draft, and I, and I know like we're getting off topic here. Luca but like, might even be no, no, no. the Mavs, the, the the Hawks with Luca might even be the like a two or a three seed. They they would probably think so? oh easily the Hawks are like a, a, are a fifty something win team in a regular year right now. You know what I realized? Atlanta got Kevin Herter in the 2018 draft too. Yeah, he's a good player. So yeah, they got they got Young and Herder out of that. All right, so the top five in the twenty eighteen was Aiton, Bagley, Luca, Jaron Jackson, and Trey. Ah, uh, Bagley. Out of those five, Bagley's probably the worst. But that, and he really isn't even that bad. He's just like he's been hurt. Every, yeah, he just keeps every, getting every hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bagley's a good player. Yeah. So getting back to the to the to the to the game that we we cover, um, Embiid. The, the, the knee. I was surprised by how agile he looked and how good he looked in this game because, like, it's an, you just never know with the knee and you always assume it's going to be awful. But I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, okay, the, the first game was like, okay, he's getting back on the court. There's some adrenaline rush there. Maybe he gets a little, he, he starts feeling a little bit over the rest of the course of the series. But if he doesn't, I, I feel pretty good about their chances because, I mean, he, he looked as if nothing was wrong. Um, I don't know. If it, it's like, I know you talked to Keith and, and whatnot. How like bad do you think this knee injury is? Just from my perspective and just from my viewpoint and vantage point, he, I, I don't think he wore a knee brace today. At least yeah. it didn't look like he, he wore yeah. one. Um, and the fact that, he's, that he put up 39 and 9 – and he still got to the free throw line somewhere around 13 to 15 times. And, he, you know, he had like a regular Joel Embiid game. So, I, I don't know. I think the next 24 hours are probably going to be the most key. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, like the amount of treatment he's going to get and how much rest he's going to get. I think that's going to kind of be the biggest thing. And, and, you know, Doc mentioned it after the game. Like, like hey, you know, it's going to be treatment. He's going to get a lot of rest. And um, things like that. And and Doc mentioned he didn't want Joel out there for the last three minutes because of the way the Sixers were playing, just because yeah, they had to play yeah. such a frenetic up and down trap, trap everywhere, trap everything, just to get themselves back in the game. So, but I thought Joel looked okay. I mean, Joel, after the game, said, listen, I don't give a damn. I'm going to do everything I can to help my team win a championship. And let's be real, you know, Joel's going to be the reason why they win anything, you know, yeah. um, because they were able to get by the Washington Wizards without Joel in game five, but that's the Washington Wizards where all they have is Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, or at least at least, guy, at least guys you are afraid of. But if you're playing the Atlanta Hawks without Joel Embiid. Uh, they're going to eat you. They're going to eat you in the glass. They're going to, they're going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just, I think everything in this series hinges on Joel and even in a potential Eastern conference finals matchup with either, with either the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, they will not win that series unless Joel is hundred percent. So, just I think I think the only thing that matters from here on out for Philadelphia is Joel's health. Yeah, tell you about my friends at Thrive Fantasy. 
Um, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you uh, about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. NFL is is maybe not around the corner, but it's getting closer. Um, Titans get Julio Jones today. Uh, but it, you, know, you choose 10 out of the 20 player props. Uh, to build your lineup. If it's NBA, MLB, PGA, or even eSports, choose five out of the top ten uh, player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a date, has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more risk of selection is worth, the riskier it is. You rack up the most points, and that's how you win a share of the prize pool. Uh, use promo code Simmons for three. That's Simmons the Ironic. Simmons, the, the word for uh, F-O-R, three, number three, Simmons, four, three. When you sign up today, and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Um. You know, it's funny. This is like this is this is not me speculating. This is not like this is not like me like accusing anybody of anything. But my dad said to me today because my dad's like a boomer. <laughs> he was like his his big population today was. I think the Sixers faked the Embiid injury um, to get like that whole narrative going, so that way they can just come back and like unleash him and it's like a great story and i'm sitting there i'm thinking like well listen man whatever you want to think by all means think it but i don't think they're i don't think they're they're they're, they're dramatizing this and putting up an oscar winning an oscar worthy performance to uh to, to have a, a sub storyline that doesn't help their cause so yeah i don't know that's like the again though the way i see it is I thought he was moving so well today. And I mentioned in my observations post after the game, I, I was like, listen, Embiid was moving well. So that's kind of all that matters. You just you want to make sure that he is 100%. Because like I said, they, they don't have a shot without him. Yeah, They, they, they just don't. And as, as much as improvements as Daryl Morey made up and down this roster by adding Danny and adding Seth, who are two huge additions just because of spacing. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I think over the last couple of playoff games, Austin – we are kind of seeing old Tobias a little bit, you know, compared to the first couple of games of the playoffs where we, we saw a quick decision, you know, efficiency Tobias. He was good today. I thought he was okay today. He had 20 like, out of 13 shooting. Yeah, but there were there were a lot of times, Austin, where it seemed to me that he he was kind of over – I felt like he over-dribbled a little bit on a lot of, on a lot of those possessions. Yeah, sure. Like, that, that's just me, I do think he had. Yeah, I do think he had a good game today. You know, twenty. Yeah, twenty and ten. But you know, like there, there were just kind of some instances here and there where I'm like, oh, Tobias, make a move, or you know, yeah. like, like there, there were too many times in the back of my head where I was like, oh, Tobias, stop dribbling, or or Tobias, go to, like like Tobias, go to the basket. What are you doing? Yeah. Like he did that a couple times, but just there were other times where it's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, there should never be a game where he's taking. 13 shots. It needs to yeah, be, he's got to take more shots. It has to be, has to be, has to be 16, 17, 18. He, he's, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, you want to have a, a more balanced distribution away from Embiid, but 
Curry is a spot up guy, right? He can do a little bit off the dribble. Uh, in this series, I think that the, with with the defensive abilities that the Hawks have, you can't really do too much um, with Curry, and and because I think he'll get swallowed up. Um, Danny was it was it was horrible today, and you know I, I think he's been great all season, but you don't want to make him you don't want to you don't want him doing too much. So it has to be really just Ben Joel, uh, well jo- Joel and Tobias, you know, creating their own offense and. Ben sort of figuring out the rest for everybody else and 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 digging in as he sees fit. But um, I looked at the box score. I was kind of surprised Tobias was as, as efficient as he was. But yeah, I do agree. You need a little less timid and a, a little more of a decisiveness there. But by the same token, I kind of felt like he has. A, he, he, I think this is a, a, a series where he can still punish mismatches a little bit um, and. I think that's encouraging. I don't think John Collins is going to be able to defend him all that well. I don't think Bogdanovich is much of a defender. Uh, DeAndre Hunter might give problems, but um, you know those are all going to be how, it's going to be how you weaponize Tobias, you know, off the ball and with the ball in his hand a little bit. Um, but it's just a shame that they let it get so out of hand in the first half because the second half I thought was more indicative of who the Sixers really are, and that's right. how they really played pretty well. Um, midway through the third quarter and then the, the entire fourth quarter. Um, now, as we get wrapped up here, um, game two, Embiid has to play. Because if he, yeah, there's no ifs or buts about it. You gotta play. Yeah, if Joel doesn't play game two, I don't think exactly. they win game two. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't think they win game two. Then all of a sudden you're down 0-2 and you got to go to Atlanta. And the Hawks just beat up on the Knicks twice. And I grant, I get it. The Knicks are nowhere near the Sixers. Um, but, like, you know, they just beat the Knicks twice at home. And for being such a young team, like, I think on Atlanta, the only dudes who have playoff experience are Tony Snell and Clint Capella and Lou Williams. Oh, and Gallinari. You know, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, but Trey Young, this is his first playoff. John Collins, first playoff. Bogdanovich, Herter, um, Okongwu. You know, this is, like, the first playoff run for – for these guys and they really haven't blinked in the moment. You know, the fact that they were able to go to, to New York and, and go into Madison square garden and take two out of three from them in that series. And then come into Philadelphia today who, and, and beat the number one seed on the road. I feel like just kind of proves to me that the Hawks are just kind of, you know, they're ahead of schedule right now, but I do believe that the Sixers are a team that, you know, between Ben, Joel, Danny, Tobias, Seth, Dwight, you know, like they, they're, they're, and they're a veteran experienced team. And, I just kind of believe that they're going to get it together. Um, but, yeah, to your point, if Joel doesn't play uh, in game two, there's a chance they could get swept. I don't think they get swept. I definitely don't think they get swept. But I, I do think that – you know, and I, I, I'll say this. I don't even know that I, I would be so sure they'd lose a series even if they went down 0-2. But that's just a ton of pressure to put your put on yourself where you have to go in and execute perfectly in game three or else you're down 3-0 and then you're done. Um, but – you know, I, I, there's going to be a game where Embiid misses. Is going to be one of those two Atlanta games because you need him to play in Game Two, and then yep. you can afford you can afford to split in Atlanta because then you're getting home court advantage back anyway, and then yep. you got and then you do whatever you got to do. Um, but I'm very careful to give the Sixers moral victories in this game. In this game, like sure they had you can. what you can't give them moral victories. But you know why? Because it's the, the, the number one seed. 
Ah, that's my point. Oh, that, you and I had the exact same fucking point. Exact same point. You can't. Because we not, know. You cannot give the one seed moral victories because at the one seed, if you need moral victories, right, that's a moral loss because you shouldn't need moral victories as a one seed. Absolutely so, not. And also, again, this is not the first time in the playoffs for Ben, Joel, and Tobias. This is not your first playoff run. It's just, it's, it's not. You know, yeah. you had a, and they had a two-one lead in 2019 against Toronto. Blew it. They, they, they had a chance. They had plenty of chances against Boston in 2018. Blew it. Yep. Had a chance today in 2021. Blew it. Like how many times? And and you know, like for me, Austin. You always lose. You always learn a lot more from losses. Everybody knows that than you do from wins. Yeah, How many man. times do they need to take losses to get it through your head that this is the playoffs? You can't make the same mistakes you made in the regular season. Like, how many times are we going to go through this? Yeah, I don't even think it's like the Sixers making mistakes. I don't think it's the players themselves making mistakes. I think this is about like, listen, Doc, as storied as you are as much experience as you have you're, you have a ring whatever the, the 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 narrative about you is is not a, is not necessarily a positive one it's not and doc think about it man has to, doc has to take it upon himself to, to to really feel the game out the way he did game five i thought he pro- pushed all the right strings in game five against the wizards and really matt was masterful in, in that game and to follow it up with this is is you know somewhat discouraging and i you know I think he's a, such a fresh of bre- a, such a, a breath of fresh air. But listen, the mo is the mo, and the mo is that the adjustments are not made. And you know he's very prideful in his decisions, and he wants to go down with the ship that he has has built himself. And so, you know, we shall see. But listen. It, it's not going to be good if the, if it's the same story with Doc Rivers this year. It's just not, man. And, and you know, like like I said earlier, if they lose a series, man, heads are going to roll. Like yeah. like like, like Harold, the, the, Harold, listen. The first thing will be is that Ben gets traded, but I, I don't. You know, I think outside of that, like, what else can you really do? I mean, I guess you, you know, you rebuild the bench a little bit, but. I mean, well, what else? What else is there to be done? You got to go out there and win. It's just you got you have no, yeah, no choice. You, you yeah. got to win yeah. this series. Um, I will say this: like, if they if they lose to either Brooklyn or Milwaukee, like I think they will. Um, I think the loss would be a little more acceptable just because it's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. But to lose to Atlanta, who a, a team again that does not have much playoff experience outside of Lou Williams, Capella. Um, and Tony Snell, and even Tony Snell's playoff experience isn't anything great. You know, it's basically Capella and Williams. Cardio. Um, yeah, yeah, basically cardio. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like there's, there's just not really much excuses you could come up with if they were to lose a series to the Hawks. Yeah. But my gut tells me they do win this series, though. Yeah. No, I mean, this, this, is, this is only one game. Um, I think they'll – They'll win game game two. They'll figure some things out, and that'll help them the rest of the series. Yeah, um, I get. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they went into Atlanta and won two, but I think they'll probably split in Atlanta, and then probably. 
from there, you know, you, you'll use two out of three on your home court, figure it out. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, if Brooklyn wins this series, but Harden's out, they got a chance. Uh, they don't. <laughs> because, <laughs> what? Because you have, because they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I, I don't. Listen, mi- miss me with all of that. Brooklyn has been my pick since the beginning. Oh, I know. You have a lot riding on this here. So I'll just like Brooklyn kicking the crap out of Milwaukee without Harden just kind of proved my point. I'm like, they still have Durant and Irving, man. Like, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like they go from Harden to, and, and their next best player is like Chris Chiazza or some shit. Like, it was in the past. Like, no, you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And the way, and the, and the role that Durant's on right now, come on. I think you, I think it can be done. If Har- if if Harden is not available, if he is available, then I think you're SOL. So, l- l- listen, they they still got Durant, and Irving, and the two of them just make it look so easy. Joe Harris too. I I think they can beat Brooklyn without if if if, if Harden's not there. That's just that's just me. Because like I think like, I, like, I, I think I think Brooklyn Milwaukee goes seven games. Yeah, I would, I, I would hope Milwaukee would win that series just because, you know, it's, it's an easier matchup. I mean, I think they could be in Milwaukee. It Is it though? Do you think they can beat Milwaukee? No. You don't think they can beat Milwaukee? No. Okay. I do. I do. Not with Drew Holiday. Oh, come on. Drew, Drew Holiday is a very good player. He's not no. like this. He's not like this revolutionary third star. No, of course not. What I'm saying is, though, Drew is such a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. So, yeah, so yeah. it's uh, so it's like between Giannis and and Middleton and Brooke um, uh, and Bryn Forbes all of a sudden turning into the second coming of Steph Curry out of nowhere. <laughs> right, you, you've lost me. You you've lost me. It's so me. weird though. They, look at Bryn Forbes' shooting numbers in these playoffs, dude. It's it, like he shot the lights out against Miami. Like that was so oh, weird. That was come on. That was the defending Eastern Conference champs. Oh, stop it! That was not the same team. That was the defending Eastern Conference champs. Yeah, maybe by name the Miami Heat are, but that wasn't the Heat that was there last year. You know what's great? You know what's crazy, Austin? Speaking of lost trades, I know we got to wrap it up, but real quick, did the Heat end up absolutely losing the Victor Oladipo deal? Probably, yeah. Because I know he's a free agent this year. Do do the Heat resign him? I think they test the waters, see what they, see see what's out there uh, uh, elsewhere, and then they make a decision. I mean, I'll tell you this: if the Clippers go out in the second round again, yeah, I think a really easy swap to shake things up would be Jimmy for for Paul George. I don't think the Miami Heat would do that, but I, I think the Clippers would be like, "Hey, listen, we got a star who likes to handle the ball. We need and to go with Jimmy and Kawhi." I think it could, yeah, I think that would be interesting. I don't, know I don't know that. I don't know that. I think it'd be an easy, an easy shakeup that would sort of shift the the the, the league a little bit. Um, he's Kai Carlin. He covers the Sixers for Sixers Wire of USA Today. You can find him and his poor basketball takes about the about the, <laughs> about the Nets and the Bucks. There, uh, he is in the process of getting verified. We we I, I believe he will get it. He doesn't believe he'll get it, but I believe he'll get it because that USA Today name in the bio holds weight. I am Austin Krell. Find me on Twitter at NBA Krell. As always, everybody.
Thank you for tuning in. Have a good week. We will see you next time for a new episode of The Feed to Embiid. Have a good night, everybody.